0: This episode is brought to you by Broad Street Publishing.
1: For me, it's really less about what can I accomplish and more about let's just do something with God.
2: Documentary filmmaker Darren Wilson joins us on this episode of the Bold Idea
0: Podcast. Put your faith to work. This is the Bold Idea Podcast with ideas, interviews, and inspiration to bring your bold ideas to life. Here are your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Hello and welcome to another
2: edition of the Bold Idea Podcast. This is Larry Gates
3: (laughs) and Armin Asadi.
2: We're just kind of laughing as we're (laughs) listening to the introduction music here because (laughs) we're trying to keep up with the beat. (laughs) Completely offbeat the whole time. (laughs) Let's just say there are a reason other people get paid for putting together bumper music.
3: (laughs) That's right. I I know you can dance at least. Oh, so you make up for it. (laughs) No, but you know some of my moves are just because I can't keep beat there either.
2: Whatever works. We're so glad that you're part of this podcast and we like to have some fun as you're already entering into our little frivolity here. But Armin and I love to do these episodes because we get to speak with some interesting people and we have a really interesting guest on our show today.
3: Interesting is... Probably an understatement. Yeah, I've been really excited about. I, we say that about every <laughs> guest that we have we've been very excited, but, and we've been looking forward to yeah, every guest have, that we have on this program. But maybe this podcast has been a God encounter for me, and I just said God, but by God I mean God. <laughs> it's been a God encounter for me because we keep getting guests that are people that have made impact in my life, you know, mm-hmm. and. The person that we have today is definitely on that list as well. And he just fascinates me and he fascinates the people around the world. But what's more important about him is that he gets people fascinated about God. Yes. It does, <laughs> certainly does,
2: right? by the millions. <laughs> yes, yeah.
1: isn't that crazy?
2: We have with us today Darren Wilson. He's the CEO and founder of Wanderlust Productions. It's a film television production company. Five films they produced, Finger of God, Furious Love, Father of Lights, Holy Ghost, and Holy Ghost Reborn seen by millions, and he starts out, well, you know what? I'm not even going to say that. Don't ruin it. (laughs) Let's not ruin what he has to tell us. (laughs) He is the author of three books, Filming God, Finding God in the Bible, and his latest God Adventures, Don't Settle for Less Than Experiencing More. He's got a TV series called Adventures with God that you'll find on YouTube, and he blogs regularly for Charisma Magazine uh, with a blog called Behind the Lens, where he writes about current events, spiritual questions, and the entertainment industry
3: And this man has been named one of the 21 emerging leaders of Tomorrow's Church by Charisma Magazine as well.
2: Well, welcome to the Bold Idea Podcast, Darren Wilson. So glad you're able to be with us today.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
2: Well, everybody seems to know about you as a filmmaker and a speaker. You've got quite a few films out there that have really touched audiences in unexpected ways. I remember reading something from you, I think, in your book, that you didn't even expect the first film to have the response that it did when you screened it. Is that right?
1: Oh, yeah. I I remember the first movie was kind of a labor of love. I just did it because I felt the Lord asked me to do it, but I'd never made a movie before. I didn't know what I was doing. So I remember telling my wife at the time, I was like, man, if a thousand people watch this movie, it'll be like a miracle, you know? And I just, it's like, you're nobody. When you're making something, you're, you're nobody making something that, how is anybody going to find out about this crazy little movie? So were you a little uh, apprehensive
2: when you turned it on for the first time with your audience
1: there? Yeah, actually the first time I showed it, I was a college professor up in Chicago and I had invited a bunch of friends, but I had about 40 people in the room and first time I ever showed anything that I had made to anybody and i was I was scared to death. I remember the lights went off, and then an hour and a half later lights went up, and the whole room was in either in tears or in sh- stunned silence and I was <laughs> like, oh, "I may be onto something here." You know that was the first <laughs> moment of like, "Wow, that's amazing,
3: so you already mentioned that you're a college professor, not a lot of people know that you were a college professor before getting into filmmaking since that's what you're mostly known for. so how did you get into becoming a filmmaker from a college professor position?
1: <laughs> yeah, I taught for 13 years at Judson University up in Chicago. But I just, I honestly, I just started, I made this movie called Finger of God. And, you know, I had a had a wild, radical encounter with God in May of 2006, where he basically asked me to make this, this movie. And I thought it was a short film about weird stuff that Christians believe. 'Cause I was barely a Christian at that point. I was just holding on for dear life. But <laughs> I started making this what I thought was a short documentary about just wacko Christians and it turned into this feature film that I just borrowed equipment from my school and, you know, started shooting around Chicago and then it just started to get a little bit more money from family and friends to go overseas and it just turned into this this beast. So and,
3: I, I, I'm sorry, I don't want yeah. to cut you off. I'm curious. You said you were barely hanging on by a thread. Describe that to us. What was your faith like as you go out and make a, such a profound movie <laughs> for people? Yeah.
1: Well, I think my wife put it best when she said my faith back then was was God was like wallpaper, where he was he was ever-present. He was very real, but I didn't interact with him mm. at all. Uh. Like He was just kind of colored my vision, but that was about it.
2: Nice decorating. Uh,
1: Yeah. Yeah. And for me, it was just like, you you know, Christianity was about like going to church, trying to be a good person and believing the right stuff.
2: Were you raised in the church?
1: Yes. I was raised Baptist. Okay. So, you know, just mainline evangelical kind Mm -hmm. of thing. And it was just, I always believed in God. I just never had any real friendship with him or interaction with him. And so it was kind of, you know, I started making this movie about these crazy miracles that I was, starting to hear about and it's like okay i'm sorry i wasn't sure i believed what i was filming okay
2: so now i have to back you up because yeah you had a couple threads there and i was glad armin asked that question because that was one of mine too (laughs) but but all right so what was the genesis of this wacky idea god was wallpaper to you but all of a sudden you start seeing miracles and then you think oh
3: i should start filming this i mean how did that come about
1: yeah, and yeah, were you were so, you
3: trying to defunct the idea of miracles, by the way?
1: No, no, I wasn't trying to debunk anything. It was so my family started going to this crazy church up in Toronto, this Toronto Airport Church that was seeing all these crazy out of the box miracles at the time. Like, and
2: like gold teeth? Um,
1: gold teeth. Gold, yeah, my aunt and uncle actually got gold teeth at the church. And so like that like freaked me out. Like that <laughs> It was like, I could say everybody else was a liar, and I basically did, but I couldn't call my own family liars, because I knew they were telling the truth. But they kept going to this thing, and I hated this church. I was like, I, I went there once, I'm like, I'm never going back here again, because it's just too weird, it's too extreme. So I kept, but they'd come back with all these crazy stories, right? And so it was, I think it was December 2005, I had my first serious case of writer's block. I had no more ideas, I was, a, I was really pursuing writing and writing. I had no more ideas, and so after you know about a couple of months of this, I just finally asked God for the first time in my life. I asked God to give me an idea. My wife was really pushing me to do that, and so I, just, <laughs> I asked him for an idea. And he and he just, as about five minutes, I was laying in bed, and I remember it was the least religious prayer I've ever prayed in my life. I said, God, if you've got an idea, I guess I'll take it. <laughs> and and five minutes later, I have this this explosion in my brain of you know, make a short. Documentary film about weird stuff that Christians believe. Mm. And I was like, that I can do. You <laughs> know what I mean? And so, like, so that was the genesis because God met me where I was. You know what I mean? Like, he knew that that wasn't actually what he wanted me to make. But he had to, if he would have come to me and been like, I want you to make a feature film documentary about all the wonders and miracles I'm doing around the world, it'd be like, I just roll over and go to sleep. Like, you know, <laughs> that wasn't where I was at, you know? Mm-hmm. So, for me, it was like so he hit me where I was like in in my skepticism and said, "Just go after it, just go go see what go see what this stuff is, and I had the gold teeth at least you know what I mean, <laughs> I had that story to tell, and so that was kind of my jumping off point, and just started like figuring out where in Chicago is crazy stuff happening, and that 's kind of how it all began
3: that 's so crazy, so i 'm laughing at the fact that there's I know there's people listening to this. I have no idea what we're talking about when we're referencing the gold teeth because <laughs> so, I, I know they haven't seen your movies yet. So can you enlighten some of these people that are listening that don't know what this gold yeah, teeth saying, reference is? Uh, yeah, what right. the heck? <laughs> right. Like, did they get a yeah. gold grill like those rappers, Or uh,
1: This is officially the point in your podcast where I become a, a lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get in so, line. so Basically, this is how it works. My aunt and uncle, they walked into a church service. With normal teeth, and they walked out of said church service with gold teeth. Like, so their teeth, like, my aunt had one, and my uncle had two of like their molars were turned into solid gold. So, and they're still gold to this day.
3: Oh man. I wish I could just see some of the people's faces that are listening to this right now that I've never. <laughs>
1: <done>. <laughs> and if you want to see if you want to see what they look like, you can go by Finger of God today and you can see it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, and no, it it yeah, seems
2: Darren that it, it took that kind of kind of let's say bizarre incident to reach you because it happened in your family.
1: Right. And, and for me it was different because I didn't believe any of the stories I was hearing because I'm like, these people all have ministries that they're trying to like peddle. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so like, of course you're going to like probably over, you know, overreach with what you're saying actually happened. But like my uncle was like a, a superintendent of schools and my aunt was a stay at home mom. You know what I mean? Like they're not trying to like start a ministry. They're not trying to like make money off of this story. Like they just went to this church because their marriage was in crisis and they're like, God, you have to do something. And he like zaps them with gold teeth. And it was <laughs> incidentally the event that ultimately led to the, to the restoration of their marriage.
2: Now that's a and, story in and of itself, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> and that's, that's what I get all the time. People hear this stuff like, why would God do that? I'm like, I don't know, but all I know is he did it because what he was doing in them, he was showing them that he loves them, that they have worth. It's a whole other backstory, but like there was, there's fruit to it. And to me, whenever I look at all this weird stuff, I just look at the fruit, you know, I'm like, mm-hmm. what, if it leads you closer to to the father if it leads you closer to jesus then you know what the holy spirit's probably behind it wow. you know if it's leading you away from god and leading you into confusion and despair and heartache it's probably not from god right i mean it's kind of it's right. kind of simple
2: i love your first episode of adventures with god because at the beginning you you, you say don't really know what to expect you know <laughs> You're in where are you? In Greece?
1: I was in Meteora Greece. Yeah. Yes.
2: And you, you weren't sure what to expect and then all of a sudden the unfolding of all these stories and things that don't seem that they could be purely circumstantial was kind of cool.
1: Yeah. I mean that's kind of what we do. Like, especially in the last two films that I made, Holy Ghost and Holy Ghost Reborn, and then obviously some of the new stuff for the for the T V show. I mean that the whole the whole premise was I don't want to have a plan. I just want to go where I feel the Lord's telling me to go, and let's, let's figure out what the adventure is when we get there. So, what, and why did he send us there? So which
2: one of the adventures that you've been on has been the most profound to you in terms of shifting your thinking about God?
1: For sure, getting into the Dome of the Rock in Israel. That's the end of the movie Father of Lights. We did the absolute impossible. For those of you who, who are listeners who don't know much about the Dome of the Rock, It's like the second or third holiest site in all of Islam, like next to Mecca. And it's like absolutely forbidden for non-Muslims to go inside. You can go up on the mount, but you can't actually go inside the dome. It's been that way since like 2001. So I went to Israel to try to film the end of my movie, and I just knew I wanted to do something impossible. And so I asked God before I left, can you you allow me to film something impossible to to finish this movie off? (laughs) Mm-hmm. So we got to Israel. I had never even heard of the Dome of the Rock. I mean, I'd, I'd seen pictures of it, but I didn't know anything about it. And I learned about it. I said, well, that's where I want to go. The host that I was with, he like laughed in my face. He's like, you're an idiot. Like, you're never going to get into this thing. But, you know, God had about 24 hours to make it happen, and it took him 12. But that was, <laughs> for me, that was a real moment. And, and for, it will always be the most precious thing I've ever filmed, because for me it was the moment where my faith that God would do something Outweighed my doubt that he wouldn't, mm. and and it wow. became for me the the moment where I became true friends with God, because I I truly believed in Him now, and I truly was like I truly could put my trust in Him, and I knew that He didn't do it because He told me to do it; He did it because I asked Him to do it. And, and there was did, a big difference there. Do you yeah, know what I
2: mean? Yeah. How did that change your prayer life from then forward?
1: Well, I know He's listening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, it was, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, you, you have to take. I have to take. All 10 years of what I've been doing you can't there's no like one real one moment where you're like oh this is where I like understand how to pray and understand sure. who, who God is but it's definitely was it you could definitely like I knew moving forward especially for the films like okay if God could get me into the Dome of the Rock like we can you know he can he can certainly do this yeah you know so it's just it just it ramped up your your faith level a lot
2: yeah yeah now, do you still find that there are times when you're just kind of wondering if maybe you've walked a little bit further than you should have?
1: Not that I've walked further than I should have. I'm still wondering if he's like listening. Yeah, that's what. what I, I, like, well, that's
2: kind of what I mean is maybe you know you've you've overextended your your uh, your your charge.
1: Yeah, I just it's it's never that. I mean, because I've become too good of friends with him now to 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 doubt that or mm-hmm. to think that. But for me, it's more along the lines of like the minute I start to think I'm, I'm figuring him out, he throws like a wicked curveball at me and I don't, you know, and it just sends me on a spin Mm -hmm. and it's, it's like relearning who he is all over again. Mm -hmm. And I think it's partly because, I mean, he is creativity in and of itself. So he's never going to do the same thing twice. He's never going to let you figure him out. It's impossible. Yeah. And so for me, it's really just about just going hard after him and Christianity doesn't have to be, it's not rocket science. I mean, it's, trust in the Lord, love him with all your heart, and love other people. Like, that's pretty much the whole deal.
3: It's amazing. Are you, by chance, are you keeping a personal video journal of your life and your films that you haven't released yet, that you're kind of using <laughs> it as a journal documentary that you might release towards the tail end of all of these movies?
1: No, that's a good idea. I wish I was smart enough to think of that. No, <laughs> I am not doing that. So, so I just kind of write these books every every few years. I'll write the books to kind of, like, Kind of keep you up to speed with all the things he's been teaching me over the years, but for the most part, the books and the movies do a pretty good job of where he's he's been taking me.
0: This is the Bold Idea Podcast. Joseph in the Bible was a dreamer with a calling. He walked in God's plan at every stage of life. Josephs today are men and women old and young, who are set apart by God for His divine purposes. God wants you to know His assignment for you, so you can live an intentional and purpose-filled life. But what is your God-sized assignment? And what is the process to walk in that calling? Oz Hillman, the founder and president of Marketplace Leaders and author of Change Agent and TGIF, Today God is First, presents six stages to discover, navigate, and fulfill your purpose in his new release, The Joseph Calling. Visit thejosephcalling.com to learn more about fulfilling your God-appointed destiny and download a free 12-week Bible study based on the book.
2: I want to rewind for a minute because you said you were a professor and you had this idea that basically transformed your thinking about God from wallpaper to miracle worker and that you had you're sitting there when the lights come back up after showing your film for the first time and you're seeing the reaction of the crowd. What was going on inside of you in terms of your thoughts about what that meant and what you should do next?
1: I just remember thinking, wow, there's, this might actually be as good as I think it is. Mm-hmm. I knew, I knew that like, I'm like, I think this is pretty darn good. Like when I first, you know, I first made it, I remember showing it to my wife and she's like, was like, she couldn't talk for like five minutes, you know? And I'm like, oh, she doesn't like anything I make. You <laughs> know what I mean? And it's like, she really <laughs> likes this one. And then, then, you know, but these are like my close friends and family and they were not like, I remember like my sister couldn't even talk to me. She was like, just she was just blown away. There's a, one of my friends was in the corner, like getting a demon cast out of her by somebody else because like the movie like had <laughs> wow. like riled up a whole bunch of stuff in her. And I'm just like looking around like this place has been, this is bananas. And it just showed a movie. And I, it was, it was a, it was just a little, I, I certainly didn't have like, I had no clue of what was about to happen, but it was definitely like, huh, there might be something here. This might be bigger than I'm maybe giving it credit for, but Again, how am I going to tell anybody about this movie? Because I had no marketing budget. I mean, the whole movie cost $20,000 to make.
2: Yeah. And so what happened from there? You have this incredible response to your first screening of it. And then did that change what you did with it next?
1: Nope. No, I because there's nothing to do. I mean, what do you do? Like, I'm a, I'm a professor. I'm not a filmmaker, you Uh know? So it's like, all I did was I put it up on amazon.com and, you know, started selling it from my living room and Mm -hmm. that was it. And Mm -hmm. so like, that was my whole marketing plan. So it was a true underground word of mouth hit. I mean, Mm -hmm. we, I remember we started shipping out, we'd ship out, you know, once a week we'd ship out a handful of DVDs and then it would become every three days we had to ship things out. Then it got to like every day. Then I had to like hire somebody to help ship everything out. And it just kind of like snowballed because it's kind of movie. These movies, like people discover them by other people telling them, you've got to see this crazy film. You know, that's like, it's not like you see a trailer, you know, and I go watch the movie. It's, it's all word of mouth because people are having radical encounters with God when they watch them.
2: Now, when you put this movie together, you were a professor, you were doing mostly writing at the time because you said you were having writer's block, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I was an English professor.
2: Okay. Yeah. And not really any film experience at all. Is that right?
1: I had zero film experience. I went to, <laughs> No, I went to film school. Okay. But I did, I never took a director's. I actually talked my way out of taking directing and producing classes because I would for screenwriting, so I was going to be, I was going to write like Hollywood films. I was uh-huh. definitely not documentaries. Like, good lord, no. Yeah. But like, I wanted to make real movies, you know. And <laughs> but for me, it nobody was watches too. those documentaries anyway. No, right? who watches documentaries? <laughs> so, like, for me, it was all about like, you know, I knew how to write a film, and that was the only thing that I really brought to the table for the Lord when He asked me to do this. It's like I, I can't, I don't know how to do anything. I don't even know how to use a camera, but I can, I do know how to tell a story. And so, you know, that was the only thing that I, I felt comfortable with was like kind of formulating a story out of, you know, this kind of hundred hours of, of footage that I amassed.
2: Okay. So you have this conviction that you should make this movie despite the fact that you don't have any training, by the way, well, you had training, but you didn't really have any of the resources there that you would normally expect to have as a filmmaker. Right. Right. And by the way, we, we had that same Conversation with Steven Kendrick on our second episode of this show because he's like we had no film experience when we you know put out uh, the the first movie as well you know so yeah was there a time when you were doing that where you you wondered whether you were actually going to be able to make it happen?
1: Um, no, for me it was it was just such a slow burn, you know, because I'm teaching full time mm-hmm. and so I could only film like on the weekends or i would film like spring break or over the summer break or something like that so. I, you know, I thought I was making a short film. And then I remember like, well, maybe this is a 45 minute movie, you know? And then, and then when I, you know, finally got the money and, and was able to go film in Africa, that's why I'm like, okay, I think this might be a feature film. Cause like, you don't like go to the wilds of Africa and not have a feature film. And so that it just, it was this real slow process of kind of building. Cause I, I had the, I had the safety net of, of being a teacher. And mm-hmm. so this was kind of like, this was a was passion project for you. Yeah, this was, yeah, exactly. And it was, you know, something like like my my university was you know all for it because I'm I'm furthering you know my my abilities as a storyteller and all that kind of stuff so it was it was never designed to be like I'm gonna you know make a bunch of money and become a professional filmmaker from this it was just I just I'm doing this because I feel like the Lord's asked me to do it and I'm you know it's it's a pretty wild ride
2: yeah so you never set out to create a new career even though you'd gone to film school. You just wanted to be a screenwriter, and writing was your gig. But at some point in time, that shifted in your thinking. I'm guessing, right? That you decided, well, maybe I need to give up the old stuff yeah. I've been doing.
1: Yeah, I think when, when once Furious Love came out, my second film, and you know, was a really big hit too. That's when I was like, I can't do both these jobs. This, these are two full time jobs, and I can't do them both. So I chose the one that was, you know, more fun. <laughs> <laughs>
3: So I got to ask you, Darren, you went from, and you just talked about it, choosing between college professor and making these movies. And that, that is a bold move. And that's kind of what we're all about. I assume you never thought it would take you to the point where you're going to be named one of 21 emerging leaders of Tomorrow's Church by Charisma Magazine. Oh. So what have been your lessons along the way as you just pursue these bold ideas and God given calls?
1: Yeah, you know, one of the things—I mean—I'd love to say I, I, this is one of my favorite things to talk about because, you know, everybody has dreams, right? You all have dreams. Everybody has dreams about success. Mm-hmm. Like they right. just think of I, I'll and and what I would challenge people who are listening to this right now say, okay, like if you, you want to be successful, what does that look like? What does that actually mean to you? You know, and like what is like success? So like for some people, success. Well, you know, I have I have a film. I, I make a movie or I write that book and I get it published or whatever. Okay, what happens when you get it? What happens when you get that, what you think is success? What happens, what I've discovered, you know, I remember thinking, like, if I could just get a thousand people to watch it, and then, okay, so then, okay, next, let's get a million people to watch. Okay, that happens. So let's, you know what I mean? Like, let's, and it it just keeps shifting. The horizon keeps moving further and further away, and there's nothing in the success that you think you're going after. And so what I have found, the biggest lesson i found is to, is to embrace the journey, because the journey is the whole point. And because you're never actually going to get to the finish line. You're never going to get to where you think you want to go. Because as soon as you get there, there's, there's, new, there's a new barometer for, for success. Does that make sense? It does. And so for me, it's, it's really been about less about what can I accomplish and more about let's just go, let's just do something with God. Like I just want to partner with him and like do whatever you want me to do because whatever your ideas are way better than my ideas. And, you know, you know what I want more than I do. And so it's really just a about like partnering with him and going on this journey with him just to see where it goes and enjoying it and enjoying my friends and enjoying my family and enjoying the, the things that, that I get to share with the Lord along the way. So that's been probably the biggest lesson that I've learned, you know, in 10 years of kind of chasing after success and chasing after all this stuff. Is
3: so how is this? embracing the journey? How has it impacted your life? Not just your faith. I know you get that question asked all the time. That's what I wanted to ask you. But holistically, how has pursuing or embracing this journey of God impacted your life as a whole?
1: Well, it's chilled me out for sure. I mean, Mm. I used to be very, how do I put it? I, I was very driven I still am very driven. I mean, I I will we'll outwork you, but it's a different it's a different. Be careful kind of, what you say. That I will outwork you. <laughs> do it in an Austrian accent, right? It's a driven that's like that's found in rest, if that makes sense. So, like, yeah. I just I can kind of just enjoy life more as opposed to being like I've got to do this so that this can happen. It's like to me, it's just you know, I I have much more. I have a lot more fun just hanging out with my kids. You know what I mean? Sitting on my deck. Grilling on a steak than i do traveling around the world you know filming some crazy witch doctor you know what i mean it's like <laughs> and it's just everything's kind of flipped and it's just kind of just finding that kind of like peace and that and just kind of just enjoying it just having fun and not not feeling the need to take over the world anymore it's just the the pressure's kind of off it sounds
2: it's, like a form of settled drivenness
1: Yes, that's a great way to put it, and I'm going to totally steal that. <laughs> Larry does it
3: again.
2: <laughs> uh, well, what's next on your bold idea list? You, you've got these movies and the TV series and the books and your blog for Charisma Magazine. What, what's your next bold idea?
1: Well, right now, it's it's all TV all the time. This whole year, 2017, for me, is I'm creating four television shows, so... We got one, one just came out adventures with God. It's it just literally just came out on DVD. And then we got another show called questions with God that's coming out probably in a few months. And then we'll do season two and season two of both of those as well. So that's what I'm doing for the rest of this year. And then next year we get back to making movies because it's like, I got to get back to my day job. So I'm going to make my next film will be about Jesus. And mm-hmm. my goal is for it to be the Jesus film for our generation but it'll be a documentary. And I just figure let's shoot for the stars, right? <laughs> there you go. Why, <laughs> Why not? <laughs> so I just, I just, for me, I just want to make, I make my movies for me. I don't make them for other people. I want to make a movie about Jesus that I would actually want to watch and see and be impacted by. And so I want to, I want to reveal the Jesus that I've come to to know and love over the last 10 years. And yeah, I just, I want to, I don't just want to tell you who he is. I want to show you who he is. And mm-hmm. so I have no idea how to make it yet, but Lord's going to tell me how to do that, you know, probably over the next few months. (laughs) All
0: right. I
3: I know we're getting tail end. and I should ask you this earlier, but I do want to ask you, how has your view of God changed as you've progressed from film to film?
1: I I have a much greater understanding of grace than I ever did. And I'm shocked at his patience. I, Mm. I, I don't understand how he can be so patient with us because we're just a bunch of knuckleheads, (laughs) and we treat each other so poorly, and we treat him so poorly, yet he responds every time with love and with grace, and I just, I don't get it, but I just know that his great desire, that's what I've come to, the biggest thing I've learned is his greatest desire is to be friends with me, Mm -hmm. and friendship is built on trust, and and I, you know, my whole world is about trusting him, but I also want it to be flipped around. I want to be the most trustworthy person for him as well. And to me, that's, that's the pursuit is friendship with God. That's all I really care about at this point.
2: Yeah. That's awesome. Now you just released a new book or your latest book, I should say was in last November. Is that right?
1: Yes. God adventures.
2: God adventures. Talk about that book.
1: Yeah, that's, it's just a, it was a fun little book for me to write because I, my first book filming God was about the kind of the first making of the first two movies and just the, all the crazy stories that went into that. And then I did a book about friendship with God called Finding God in the Bible. That was probably my favorite thing I've ever made. But that was like, I didn't bring any filming into it. It was just kind of what the Lord's been teaching me. And so it was fun to be able to make this, this move, this book, God Adventures, that kind of was able to look back over the whole kind of totality of the last 10 years and five movies to just kind of like, okay, what are some of the biggest things that I've learned about God? And, and being able to go into some of these, these stories from the past, that you know, people watch them in the in the films, but they don't necessarily know the backstory or what's going on kind of behind the scenes. So it was really fun for me to kind of get into that and just, you know, it's it's almost like a get it out of your system kind of thing, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, and it was just I just I need to get this all these lessons out so I can move on and start learning some new ones.
2: Yeah, and probably discovering some ideas that you or connections perhaps that you hadn't realized until you sat down to try to map it out. Is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah, that always happens. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Well, right. well, you know this has been great conversation. I'm guessing we could go on for quite a while. But how could our listeners find out more about you if they want more information?
1: The easiest thing, just go to our website wpfilms.com, and that pretty much has everything you need to see on books, movies, TV shows. It's all there. Check out trailers. You can watch anything you want. So wpfilms.com.
2: I know, Darren, you got a bunch of films on your asset list there on that website. We'll have those links to the website and all the other information about the book and the TV series that'll all be on our show notes for our listeners to get at very quickly.
3: Darren, let me end on this note with this question. There are people, and I know them personally, that are either struggling to figure out what their call is or whether or not they should even pursue their call. To those people, what would you say and how would you communicate it to them?
1: I would say very simply have you asked God what he wants you to do? Have you asked him for what you want you to do? And have you asked him for an idea that changed my life? Because I spent 30 years asking the same question. What am I here for? Is this it? Is this all I'm, is this all I'm called to do? I have big dreams. I, I knew I was called for something great, but it's like, it doesn't seem like being a college professor. I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome calling, but you know, I wanted to do more creatively. And I, I would just say, God, he knows you better than you know yourself. And so you need to, you need to probably set your ego aside and start to ask him, what, what do you want me to do? And he will tell you. He will make it clear, I promise you. But most people don't ever find out because they think they have to figure it out on their own. And that's not how he works. He likes to partner with you. Mm. And so mm. look, for, look for a true partnership with God and watch how your life turns around.
2: Wow. That's a great way to end the program. <laughs> what a, what an inspiring takeaway. Thanks, Darren. Appreciate you being on the show with us and we will look forward to your next movie coming out next year and, and all the series that you have coming out as well.
1: Thanks. It's been a pleasure being here.
3: Well, I mean Darren Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love when we bring someone on that speaks directly to me. Yeah. Yeah. The as, whole embracing As journey. opposed to expe- speaking to me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... It is know, all about you, isn't I, it, Army? <laughs> it is. It is. I feel like... Okay, everyone's had that experience. Oh, I think, you know, you go to church, you hear a pastor speak, there could be 2,000 people sitting in that auditorium, but you feel like... They're you, talking right to you. And no one else. Nobody else right? exists. Yeah. yeah. Paul Young, Darren Wilson, they've been two that have. I kind of feel like... Whether you were here, if there was anybody wouldn't else matter. listening, it wouldn't
2: matter. wouldn't matter if I'm around. Yeah, just, I get it. I totally get
3: it. Oh, man. He just spoke to me, man. It yeah. was convicting. Yeah, no, it was In great.
2: It was great. You know, I love when he talks about God meets us where we are. I mean, he, right. his story of this idea, you know, where he, his wife's, his wife's description of his relationship with God was God's was wallpaper, you know, I just have never heard anything like that before. I just thought that was great he he didn't tell Darren to go make documentaries that are going to change millions of lives yeah. because it's going to expose how God is working around the world. No, instead it was about this little quirky thing that he saw right. and experienced. And it was just like, I think bold ideas often come to us just where we might not expect it. Yeah. And just this quirky little thing. And well, I can do that. You know, that was what he said is like, I can do that. It was enough that fired up his own internal passion. And that's the seed that God needed just to say, okay, I'll be obedient to that because it's quirky and little. And I think sometimes right. God starts that way with a bold idea for us. It's just a little thing. Let me just see if I can capture your imagination. And he was faithful to it. And then God started to reveal a much bigger plan.
3: Right. And I think that he, he in a such a grace filled way gave merit to that saying that says be faithful in the little things. Mm-hmm. Right? That's right, exactly. Because it's it's how God finds you yeah. and leads you to this big grand vision that you think you might have, but as He's laid it out, I mean, God will take you places you can't dream up yet. You know, He He created your dreams, so how can you dream? <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, and I mean, really, and, what do you own? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, what did you actually create?
2: Yeah. So let, what did you contribute to this? <laughs> yeah. Let, let let
3: the creator of the universe create your dream for you. Yeah. yeah but mm-hmm. just be faithful in the little things and help him, partner with him to help you get there, you know? Yeah. And that's been my struggle. I was, I'm not giving advice. It's just sometimes I find little things insignificant and I dismiss them because it doesn't align with the big. But in reality, it's those little things that are leading me to the big things that I. Accidentally dismissed. Yeah, you know what I, I I
2: found interesting
3: is, and he commented on it in our
2: show, and he also writes about it in his new book, God Adventures. When he talks about the gold tooth and the gold teeth, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. such a such a quirky story. Of course, it was part right. of the reason for him making the movie to begin with. But what what I found very interesting and in how he describes it is, God, you know, those two people, his aunt and uncle, came for healing in their marriage, and they got teeth instead, you know? (laughs) And it's like, it kind of reminds (laughs) me of God, you know, kind of doing the impossible. Right. You know, we wouldn't really expect that, but it was one of those things that signaled it was a miracle in one area that created transformation and really the answer to prayer in another. Right. And it just reminds me that the things that are going on in our lives that seem so odd why god are you addressing this when i've got this bigger need over here yeah and just seeing that you know god knows what he's doing and those things can can be like you know like dendrites they can move over and start to affect the other areas in our life and it's when we learn to trust god and know that he doesn't have to affect the area in my life that i necessarily am asking about prayer for right he can do it in a way that's totally unexpected
3: and that's really what he does. That he could give you more than you're asking for. I mean, if yeah, you think he's 3.20. More right? than you can ask or imagine. The, the question I wanted to ask, I don't know why I didn't ask it, is would he have ever made these films if it wasn't for those stupid gold teeth? <laughs> I don't know. Think about that. I mean, yeah. it seems like it was kind of the catalyst. It, to, I certainly was a piece of it. Right? Where it's like... You might think, oh, that's such a stupid miracle for God to do. Why gold teeth? But you know, who knows?
2: It might be one of those things where if he hadn't made it, maybe something even weirder might have come up down the road that would have like, okay, all right, (laughs) I'm starting to put two and two together here. You're wanting me to work on this.
3: Yeah, exactly. Here's what I love about Darren is that he has the ability to take a doubting God mindset to a questioning God mindset, which seems almost insignificant or seems like it's the same thing but it's it's different enough that it goes from someone rejecting God to being curious about God yeah. and asking God questions where God literally starts to speak to people about himself and they start to have God <laughs> encounters and I've personally witnessed that, you know, like mm-hmm. in a church setting, witnessed that mm-hmm. where I don't even think he fully grasped how powerful he is. But he came from this mentality of skepticism and God literally used his skepticism to speak to skeptics, to bring a light to them, to bring God encounters to them. And it's just so fascinating to just sit back and watch what it does not just for myself but for the people around me yeah he deals in the intrigue i mean he yeah. is
2: really trying to show the intrigue of god and you know highlight that mm-hmm. and that causes people to move from you know being a skeptic to what you yeah. know and maybe they're starting to explore a little bit right the, what yeah. you know <laughs> it's just like the gold
3: teeth what <laughs> yeah if you could just turn an exclamation point at the end of the sentence to a question mark could that be all the difference that's needed for you to begin to encounter God in your life?
2: Yeah, and well, it's interesting you'd use that kind of punctuation because maybe it's explanation mark to question mark to exclamation mark again. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> we left out <that> the <laughs> Hey, But you know, one of the things that I enjoyed about what he said is he said, what happens when you reach success? You know, what happens when you reach your goal? Yeah, now what? And, and, what, and yeah, because it keeps stretching out Mm -hmm. and he just that great reminder that we need to embrace the journey. Right. It's not about the attainment of the goal because really if we are faithful and a little like you talk about God gives us more responsibility and the issue isn't about the responsibility. The issue is about what we learn in the process and how we grow and how we trust God and the whole basis and what he reminds us in, in this podcast about is that God is interested in our relationship, our friendship with him and our dealings with him in that way.
3: Right. It's so funny because I, he gave me this picture in my head where I view the way I take a journey and there's typically collateral damage in the path behind me. You know, there's like a wake of dead bodies and fallen trees. And then I, I listened to the way he described his walk this journey. And it's like, I see this path with like, trees he's planted along the way. Everything is bearing fruit. Yeah. And I'm so dead set on getting to my destination. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, it's, don't like, even it's like, was there a war on the way yeah. there? Uh, <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Uh, but I love that. You know, it, change, it changes the way you walk your path. Yeah. And it changes the way you view the path that you're on. Yeah. You know, when he was talking about relationship
2: with God as friendship with God and learning that the basis of friendship is trust. Yeah. Made me really think about the bilateral nature of that. Mm-hmm. We often talk about putting our trust in God and trusting God for things, mm-hmm. right? But we seldom ask, am I someone God can trust? Right. That's back to that being faithful and little, right? Mm-hmm. And, and if you want to have this friendship relationship, it's like, yeah, I'm, I, I want to trust in God, but I also want to be trustworthy. Mm-hmm. I also want to be the kind of person that God would say, yeah, he's a good and faithful servant. In him, I'm well pleased because what I'm asking of him to do or her to do, you know, is to obey, is to just take that step, take that
3: leap, take that thing that God might be inspiring in us and Mm. say yes to it. Yeah. So if you're listening to this, I highly recommend you check out Adventures with God, the first episode. It's free. You can check it out on YouTube or on their website. But Larry, as you and I were watching it, towards the tail end, you know how they were talking about, does God respond to desperation? Yes. And they were having that kind of debate. And that makes me think of that part of it where it's clear to me that in these types of situations that we're talking about, God is not looking for our need. God is not looking for our desperation. God is just looking for our faith and that's what he's responding to. Yeah. He's just looking for us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's in these moments where we're asking questions and we hear him. It's what do we do with it? Do right. we take that step towards it or do we keep asking and <laughs> saying, God, I need this and need this and need this before exactly. I do anything? Or do I just I say, okay, let's do it and we'll see what God does along the way. Yeah.
2: And all the way we go through this, it's just embracing that journey that we're on is seeing God right. working every day. In our lives. Well, we hope you've enjoyed this episode and the conversation we had with Darren. We'd love to hear from you and have you add your voice to our conversation. If you've watched one of Darren's films, let us know about it. Go to com slash one eight. That's where you'll find the show notes and we'll have links to all of his films and his social media feeds and all the rest so you can learn more about Darren Wilson but we'd also love to hear from you if you've got a question for him or for us or if you want to just comment on something that you have thought about as you listened to this episode or perhaps something that struck your fancy as you watched one of his movies let us know on our show notes at BoldIdeaPodcast.com slash 1-8 or you can leave a comment on our show line at 612-568-IDEA well that's it from Larry Gates
3: and
0: Armin Asadi so until next week we bid you adieu You've been listening to the Bold Idea Podcast. To get our show notes sent to your inbox, visit boldideapodcast.com.